glad to start off Wednesday with you. Hope you're well. You're looking pretty good then, I have to say. <laughs> he woke up like this and you look good. Have you and your family had any brushes with bullying at all, Perry? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Not it's much. It's rough. It is rough. We've had a couple, well, two very significant instances. And one of them was when my daughter was in the sixth grade. And I just got to tell you, sixth grade girls can be absolutely brutal. This was at a Christian school, and it was rough, I am telling you. She was super open with us about what was going on at the school, and so we were walking you know, with her through it daily and encouraging her and reminding her that she was loved and all the things, but it was such a hard season, and everything in me, a couple things. One, I just wanted you know, two minutes with that girl who right. was causing the problem, right? But the other was I wanted so badly to tell my daughter, you know what, this is just a sixth grade thing. Once you get into middle school, you won't have to deal with this. Or, you know, high school girls aren't like that. Or I'm sure you won't have to deal with this in college. Or, you know, once you're grown up and out of school entirely, you don't have to deal with mean girls anymore. But I couldn't tell her any of those things because difficult people are are difficult in every season of life. And it's not just like one individual person. If you were to move away from that person and never see them again, you're going to have difficult people in your life. Just how it is. Leanna Crawford has got this great song. If you've never heard of her, she's a new and up and coming artist, but it's called Mean Girls. And there's a lyric in her song that says, I smile and pretend it doesn't hurt, but the older that I get, it just gets worse. It's like, oh man, I wish that was not true. But there always has been, and there always are going to be difficult people in our lives, people who are just hard to love. I was a kid in recess when somebody was getting picked on. I would step in between to protect the guy being picked on. There you go. But I remember one time Steve Mulka was the bully, and he punched me right in the nose. Who and did it, you take it for? Do you remember who you were standing in, I don't in even, for? I don't remember. I love that. I love that you were that kid who would get in the midst of it, even when it wasn't your business. I was, start, I was starting to run home when the playground monitor grabbed me and took me to the office, you know, and... Clean job. Yep. I was oh. going to, because home was just right up the trail, you yeah. know. I was going to run home to mom, but they took care of me, and I'm I'm well now. You I, are I have well to now. say I'm well. My You've nose recovered. is healed. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I was looking at scripture to see, you know, whenever something's happening here real time, I always think, okay, where do we find this in scripture, right? And what can we learn from it? And I started asking the Lord, is there anybody in scripture who had to deal with difficult people? Hmm. <laughs> And this list of circumstances just started to come to mind. Moses had to deal with Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Real difficult. David had to deal with Saul, trying to kill him for no reason whatsoever. Mordecai had Haman, same deal, trying to just take him out. Daniel had to deal with King Nebuchadnezzar. Hagar had to deal with Sarah and Abraham. Joseph had to deal. Yeah, I called Abraham a difficult person. He was for Hagar, you know. Joseph had to deal with all of his brothers. Jesus had to deal with the religious leaders, with Judas, and me. Hmm. <laughs> so there's all, all kinds of examples in Scripture of just, you know, difficult people having to deal with difficult people. So I kept looking into these, and I'm like, okay, God, what, what can we learn from these circumstances? And I see that every single time God came through providing protection or provision or promotion or victory. God was in each of those circumstances working all things together for the good 
of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So I think what we can gain from that today for all of us is just take courage. Pray for those who persecute you. Love the unlovable. Yeah, the mean girls. Wait on the Lord. Do what God tells you to do and believe that God is working in them and he's working in you and his purposes will happen. don't remember what they said well it's funny cause I can't seem to forget their whispers opened up the door to a world called insecure no mean girls don't remember what they said sticks and stones may break my bones but no one ever Was smiling cause she never heard of shame But now mean girls are the reason why I changed my clothes a thousand times Before I walk out the door Sticks and stones may break my bones As I can tell, to love well takes humility and unselfishness. But here's my dilemma. I have a lot of pride and I'm pretty darn selfish. So how can a guy like me love well with that going on in my heart? And that's where the gospel comes in. That's where the cross comes in. The cross tells me that I really am that prideful and selfish and sinful and broken and messed up. I really am all this, 
and that's why Jesus had to die for me, and this humbles me. I see my hand on the spear that was thrust into Jesus' wounded side. That spear is my selfishness and my pride. I just got to be real. And I thrust it in. And as I did, it's like it came right back at me and pierced my heart and showed me who I really am. I am someone who had thrust a spear into the sinless Savior's side. This humbles me. And this is the only thing that I have found that has the power to break my pride and my selfishness. Just not long ago, I had the opportunity to be a part of a ministry night. And in preparation, we were asked to, you know, just ask the Lord to reveal sin in our life. And I did that. And I like to keep a clean slate with the Lord. And so I'm pretty quick to apologize when I know that I've sinned against his heart. But I asked that question, Lord, is there anything going on that, you know, I've not dealt with? And he brought something to mind. And I was like, wow, thank you. And so I dealt with that and I asked for forgiveness and I apologized to him and I repented. And then I said, is there anything else? And then he brought something else. And I was like, wow, thank you for bringing that to my awareness. You know, and then I dealt with that. And this kind of went on for a while. And I was surprised that as I asked the question, God did reveal to me. And I think we can just get through our days and be busy. And if we aren't reflecting, if we aren't asking the question and we aren't reflecting on where we have sinned, we can kind of breeze through life feeling pretty good, mm-hmm. feeling like we're doing okay. But when we when we ask God, he's good, he's faithful, he'll show us where we've sinned and where we failed against him. And, and that's even out of his goodness, not to shame us, but to invite us into repentance mm-hmm. and to receive what he offers us when we do. Yeah, when he shows us this truth, this hard truth about ourselves, it has power. It has power to change us. The cross tells me something else, though, about myself. It tells me that I am that loved and that cherished and that treasured and that valuable and that special that Jesus was willing to die for me. This humbles me, too, because I know he loves me and treasures me and cherishes me, not because I deserve it or have earned it. He loves me precisely because I don't deserve it. Why? He loves me, and he loves you because he is love. He cannot not love. And he loves me and you because he sees what we can become through him. You know, when he says to you and me, follow me, he's saying, I believe that you will become everything that I have destined you to be. Yeah, it's not a pitiful love. It's not like, oh, you poor thing. You know, you're just going to keep blowing it over and over again. And if I didn't come and rescue you, you'd be doomed. So out of pity... You know, I will save you from the direction that you're headed. It's not a pitiful kind of a love. He sees in us the beauty of what he created and who we're going to be when all the yucky parts of us have been fully redeemed, Mm. like who we're going to be for all of eternity. That's how he loves us, and that's how he sees us. Well, as, as the human race, we were good before we were bad. Right. We were created in God's image. Sin has distorted the image, and Jesus has come to recreate us in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And that's what the cross is all about. You know, when I thrust the spear of my sin into Jesus' side, and when you did, what came out of Jesus was, I love you. How can that not change me? How can that not have the power to transform my pride into humility? 
How can that not have the power to turn my selfishness into laying down my life for another, which is what love looks like? The Les Mis story, you know, Jean mm. Valjean yeah. stealing and then being, you know, caught in his theft and brought back to the home where he had stole all these, you know, priceless items. And the the priest, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. say, at mm-hmm. the time, you know, said, oh, Jean, you forgot the candlesticks. You know, he starts packing up other things. He doesn't condemn him for what he did. He actually gives him more, you know, mm-hmm. blesses him and, and restores his dignity and... It's just, that's what Jesus has done for us. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. The priest set Jean Valjean free Mm -hmm. by giving him what he didn't deserve. I still have pride and selfishness in my heart, but here's some good news. There's love there, too. And there's love in you, too, if you're following Jesus. It's power to love as we've been loved. And it's there because of the cross. Stop trying so hard. Yeah, if you don't have what it takes to love others well, stop trying. Okay, hear me out. We all have people in our lives who are really difficult to love. That's what we're talking about this week, loving people who are hard to love. If you don't have someone in your life that bugs you to no end, you're probably not getting out enough. (laughs) If you do have someone in your life that you find it really hard to love and you just can't seem to... To shake them, you know, it's not just like a a chance encounter, but this is somebody who shows up in your life repetitively and you might have convinced yourself that this person has got to be the exception to the rule. Certainly God doesn't expect you to love her or to love him. I've got really bad news for you. We are all called to love. And if you're wondering, how am I supposed to love someone that I don't even like? Well, I think the answer for us can be found in 1 John chapter 4. There is so much goodness in this one chunk of scripture and specific instructions on how to love well. John wrote, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. He also said, verse 20, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. It's pretty blunt. It's pretty straightforward. There's not a whole lot of, you know, interpretation opportunity there. It's pretty clear. And verse 21 says, and he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. But the good news is God doesn't tell us to love difficult people and then just leave us to try to figure it out on our own or just fail trying. He gives us what we need to be loving Verse 16 in chapter 4 of 1 John says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is so good because, you know, I don't have the power to love. So it's not just looking at the love of God and the love of Jesus and seeing how well they love and then just following their example. It's as Charles Morris says, something more mysterious than that. It's it's the working of the Spirit in us. It's the Holy Spirit showing us, evangelizing us with the love of Christ, and then empowering us, infusing us to be able to love others. It's not in our own strength. It's through his strength. But I think that it's it's up to me to just surrender to that. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't have to somehow muster up false feelings of affection for other people because God lives in us and he is love. His love can actually be expressed through our actions and our words, even when we feel completely incapable of doing it. But it's what you said, Perry. It requires us to surrender. So we have to stop trying to do it on our own Mm. and let God do it through us. And as we kind of 
release our incapability or inability to be able to love well. And we invite the Holy Spirit and say, let me be a conduit for your love. The more love is going to come out of us. Yeah, it's this whole thing of when we come to the end of our own strength, our own love, that's where God's begins. Yeah, it's a good place to be, to recognize I don't have what it takes to love this person or love that person. It's a great place to be. If you don't have what it takes to love others, well, stop trying and let God love them through you. Well, before David was king, he was being hunted down by King Saul who was so jealous of David, he knew David was had been anointed to be king, but he was going to keep it from happening. But during that time, God protected David big time and did some really sweet things for him. In 2 Samuel 13, three warriors came down to David at the cave of Adullam, where he was hiding from Saul and also from the enemy Philistines. David had a rough time. You know, his own king was coming after him, and also the enemy Philistines were coming after him. Everybody was against him, but he had some guys. He had some foxhole buddies. <laughs> at that time, the Philistine garrison, you know, the Philistines were against David, was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from that well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. I love these guys. But David refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. He made it a, an act of worship. Far be it from me, Lord, to do this. Is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives? And David would not drink it. You know, but the first thing here is just the love of these guys yeah. for their king that they would risk their lives. And, you know, Paul says of Aquila and Priscilla in the New Testament, they were part of his ministry. He says of them, you risked your lives for me. Mm -hmm. They risked their lives for me. So honor them. We don't know what they did to risk their lives for Paul, but they did. But I just, this is the thing that grabs me is how these guys were willing to just risk their lives because they loved the king. And yeah. Aquila and Priscilla risked their lives for Paul because they loved Paul and they loved what God was doing through Paul. And it's John 15, 13 that says, you know, greater love has no one than this, mm -hmm. uh, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wonder, don't you just wonder kind of like if King David, if it was like one of those under the breath kind of hypothetical, like, Man, if somebody would just give me some water. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He, I'm guessing he wasn't like, hey, anybody willing to put their life at risk? And, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little parched. Right. right. <laughs> like a little something, something. You know, I have to believe it was more, you know, just kind of one of those things that you say out loud and you don't even know that you actually said it out loud. Mm -hmm. And these guys <laughs> so had his back, such deep loyalty that they were willing to go to those lengths to to honor him, to bring him what he needed. Yeah, and I want to love like that. So here's here's my thought. What might it look like for me to be someone who would get a drink of water for David and break through the enemy lines and get that water and bring it to him because mm -hmm. I love him so much? What might that look like for me right. today? I know that, you know, it doesn't have to be something so heroic, 
But these guys weren't thinking about, oh, I want to seem heroic. They really wanted to, they wanted to love David. Yeah. You know, so what might that look like for me today? 